The GovX Show is supported by Forrester, helping government organisations perform at their best. Visit forrester.com to learn more. Hi and welcome to another episode of the GovX Show. I'm Tim Coulthard, Marketing Director here at GovX Digital. And joining me today is Matt Stevens, who's the Public Sector Lead for Google Chrome Enterprise. We're partnering up with them for a key session for GovX Digital 2020. It's called Out of Office, Making a Success of Remote Working. And as you might expect, it's tackling the big challenge that most public sector organisations are wrestling with right now. How to let their staff work remotely and securely whilst also offering flexible working solutions and allowing them to work safely in the office. Google Chrome Enterprise are helping organisations up and down the UK through cloud-based platforms. And Matt's going to explain a little bit about that, but also more widely the issues and challenges that the public sector are facing around security right now. It's a really big topic and it's a really pertinent one. So we're looking forward to hearing more from Matt. So here he is. So Matt, welcome to the GovX show. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Well, we're, so we're going to have a look at what your uh, kind of key agenda is in terms of an organisation a bit later and how you're going to be, what you're going to be talking about with us. But really just keen to establish a bit more about you and, and your background, maybe not the full CV, but I guess some of the kind of key staging posts along your career and where you've got to today and, and the role that you've got with uh, Chrome Enterprise. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so I've kind of done all sorts, uh, really. It's a, a very potted history, but in in a, in a minute I've done, had a few years living in Sydney, running a restaurant. I sold photocopiers back in the day, um, which was interesting. Uh, I've worked at, I guess, the journey into BlackBerry, if you will, uh, into Google, sorry, started with BlackBerry. Um, so I, I, I worked on the mobile side of things there in, in the enterprise looking after kind of direct and indirect and then I moved from there into a startup and into from there into Samsung and when I was at Samsung I um, I was on the Android or what I was on kind of the knock side of things there and then moved over to Google doing Android Enterprise uh, and kind of work, working into the space from an enterprise perspective and then probably for the last three years or so three and a half years I've been doing Chrome Enterprise um, and yeah working across the european region so we as a team when i joined there was only myself and one other sales guy and we've uh, we kind of covered europe if you will um and in the last three years or so we've kind of grown the team um and there are now three of us just in the uk uh, and we've got coverage in Nordics, Benelux, Dach as we would call it, the German speaking region, uh, and then France and sunny countries as one of my peers likes to present it. Our remit essentially is to sell the dream that is Chrome Enterprise as an alternative endpoint to kind of your traditional Windows, uh, Mac, Linux or thin client devices. Great stuff. There's something kind of pleasingly circular about starting with sort of photocopier sales and now and now be selling sort of cloud-based uh, yeah. cloud-based solutions. It's like you, you've you've led the the commercial world and the professional world along the way as the techs emerge. I quite I find that I find that kind of nicely circular. Yeah, it's it, it's it's been a very interesting kind of background. I mean, I remember when I was doing photocopiers back in 2005. 
people then were talking about the digital office, paperless office and all that kind of thing. And I think only now are we really seeing the kind of advent of technology that supports that. Uh, and I know within kind of within my working day, I can't remember the last time I printed something uh, for work uh, and kind of within our working environment, kind of I, I live and work on Chrome and I live and work in in that cloud that you kind of allude to. And I think most of our customers do and some of them without realizing it, I think kind of Office 365 has been the big push to kind of that cloud or SaaS based model, if you will. Um, and and it's us working into that environment with with customers, I guess. Uh, and in talking about sort of work environments, you know, we've all had to adapt and change the way we work uh, during the course of 2020 for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah. Has has it been for you? Before we sort of get onto the, the, the broader subject, I mean, what's what's your setup? Are you are you sort of home based, and and how's it been? Yeah, um, I think that if you heard a bang, that would be one of the things that I've seen through 2020, which is my dog play, uh, paying a lot more attention to me as we are 100% home base now. I say 100%, there's a cross kind of, if we look at the UK from a Google perspective, we've got maybe five or 10% of people who are into the office on a rotational basis. Um, they are people kind of core, core services or, or people that need to access elements of bits and bobs that you can't do from home. But everyone else has essentially been given the direction of uh, work from home and we will be doing so until kind of july next year they've said um which is like you say it's, it's different uh, but it is it's kind of it's the new normal and it's it's something that we need to i guess grow into really. yeah. absolutely and you mentioned the way google's handling it Google's obviously a huge company with lots of moving parts. Maybe yeah. for people that don't know, how does Chrome Enterprise fit, fit, into, fit into that big picture? And I guess what's your what's the key remit and, and areas that you're covering? Yeah, so Google is Google is huge, right? Um, and Chrome Chrome Enterprise is is very important to to that wider uh, to that wider Google business. And if you go back to Kind of where we came from 20 years ago um, the our mantra is make the world's information universally uh, available and instantly accessible and i guess if you build on that we've seen that kind of the prevalence of that mission statement if you will build from the search function which is what most people know google for um, and that has kind of built into the consumer space and then across education and ultimately what we're trying to do is build upon that access of information but also take that to the next stage which is kind of make tools and services universally available and readily accessible um, and we fundamentally fundamentally believe there's a better way of working and that's where chrome fits in um, to the wider google business and if you if you boil it down to that we we do kind of fundamentally i'm hugely biased obviously um but we do fundamentally believe that there is a better way of working and, and that chrome can support that and it kind of it plugs in nicely as an entry point into the the other products within the kind of enterprise stack that is google cloud platform and and google workspace and yeah chrome facilitates that from our stack of products but also helps deliver uh, 
against kind of our competitors um, stack of products if you will um, ultimately I think more and more customers are looking at an agnostic means of delivery they don't want to be tied to a particular vendor whatever that might be whether that's um, a platform collaboration tools or whatever it is you're seeing uh, kind of consumerization if you will almost kind of come into how organizations are looking at delivery of, of, of tools and services I think if you look at mobility where I, I, I used to work in that space uh, I don't think you would speak to a single business decision leader who has had one platform from a, a mobile um, perspective they'll have they'll have iOS Android they'll have seen Palm Blackberry whatever it might be um, from from those uh, from that standpoint so why should it why should it be that they're looking at just one platform forevermore um, from, from, a, from a device standpoint and so that's that's where kind of Google sees Chrome and Chrome Enterprise it's it's let's support a, a different way of working a better way of working absolutely and like to look a little bit at the public sector in particular because obviously that's that's where our uh, area of interest is and, and, and you too um, how do you sort of typically work with the with the public sector whether that's central government local government other agencies um, you know who, who are you talking to and, and how are you kind of helping them we'll probably come on to the sort of the actual technical outcomes and the end results mm. but, but who, what are the conversations you're having um, this public sector yeah so I think more and more it's talking to people who are looking at change and and change obviously has different flavors but fundamentally it's people whether that c-suites a cio cto or heads of it it directors uh, people who are looking at driving efficiencies now that could be a commercial efficiency and driving the return on investment or it could be reducing management overhead um, or, or, or that type of thing. I mean, ultimately, there are variances in terms of the discussion, but there's huge similarities. If I kind of boil it down to the, the kind of three pillars that we kind of see resonance with, it's kind of that TCO, uh, security and ease of management. And so that allows us to go fairly broad um, in terms of kind of the type of people um, that we speak to but functionally whether it's someone uh, in IT or operations or kind of people management or if you look at community care workers in, in the NHS or kind of uh, IT management for, for a local borough for example the challenges are generally the same they want to improve improve performance improve time that they're productive uh, and reduce the overhead and certainly as we're looking at that kind of the new way of working that is working from home that it's really a case of let's try and do more with less but also support um, that remote and disparate workforce without obviously compromising on kind of some of the key pillars that they want to look uh, to implement and maintain from a security and management perspective yeah uh, it's interesting you mentioned sort of several groups and i suppose what's become more prevalent in recent years is that technology isn't the the sole domain of a CTO or a CIO or head of IT, whatever it might be, and that actually, you know, as we know, it's a, it's an enabler, and therefore everybody has a stake in in the sort of technology functions and outcomes and so on. Yeah. And those, and those formerly quite siloed activities are now 
kind of cross-organizational and very, very sort of powerful in allowing changing behaviors, changing patterns, changing service deliveries, whatever it might be. Um, what in, in 2020, and, and maybe before, because the world won't always be like this, one would hope, what are the sort of common pain points and challenges that you're hearing from conversations with, within the public sector? What are the kind of big ones that you, you hear more often than not? The obvious one or the elephant in the room is obviously COVID um, and what impact that has had. I think the, the biggest challenge has been that migration from a in the office at your desk type workspace to enabling and supporting people to work from home or in a different configuration of, of office landscape uh, depending on on, on the, the business that it is that we're seeing and uh, certainly from a I think from a government perspective we've we've seen customers that are they want to be seen as kind of highlighting demonstrating and implementing government guidance so if you look at kind of when COVID kicked off it was very much a case of uh, only work where necessary. So we've I've, I've been speaking with central and local government bodies that want and need to uh, implement remote working to be seen and to be able to kind of uh, bestow and highlight that kind of government messaging from a central kind of keep people safe perspective. That over time has kind of evolved in what we're seeing as being the new normal, which is that remote working and I think there was that initial phase and spike of let's get people working from home and that was kind of clearly tactical but it's now kind of molding into more of a strategic view and kind of a new normal and then what will be kind of the directive for the for the foreseeable so now it's a case of let's build resilience let's improve service let's kind of improve the infrastructure that supports that kind of out to in um, way of working and ensure that remote working is is absolutely something that kind of uh, will be kind of deliverable but also robust because I think uh, some people have kind of delivered it and then there's been challenges at a management level around the level of performance that they've seen uh, within that I think on top of that uh, we're seeing particular use cases that will need to adapt and so if you look in the health space they're looking at how they drive flexibility and how they can enable people to work from home when needed but also um, be able to connect devices into corporate networks when they when they come on with devices that haven't necessarily gone through the traditional means of deployment and then there's also how do we support particular lines of business with frustrations and if you what we are seeing is a lot of kind of vdi um, environments have gone from I know 20% to 80% of the workforce working and so there's been an, an impact on service levels there so people having to kind of very quickly backfill and, and bolster that that environment to ensure that lines of business that need to have access to kind of uh, certain line of business tooling that are presented virtually or otherwise um, are able to kind of do that without an impact on performance and then one of the biggest things kind of to finish is is really that management overhead and it's how are they ultimately doing more with the same but what will feel like less because they've gone from deploying devices to a fixed number of locations 
um, with a fixed number of configurations from a kind of network infrastructure perspective to now it being able to ensure that they can deploy, repair, replace devices that are going to work on corporate networks, but personal networks, open network, uh, kind of cost of coffee type networks and all that, all of that type of thing. So there's really a focus on all of that being able to ensure that they can deliver in a controlled uh, and secure manner, but manner, but without also then kind of hugely hitting uh, their management from a setup perspective. But then there's the associated cost from what that looks like to manage in life, um, because it's not as easy as being able to walk around the corner or upper floor to IT. Now it's a case of having to kind of call in remotely, get hold of the people wherever they're sat, and then kind of fix or have um, new to new devices or services um, presented to them. Yeah, and I, the conversations that we're having across the public sector, whether it's in the sort of technology space or you know skills and development and um, you know, people management, all sort of echo a similar thing, which is it initially everybody was in a sort of continuity and survival mode, so the sort of short-term mm. fixes were with a priority and, and we kind of got through that phase and then it became more about, okay, we now have to embed sort of operational performance. We now have to still work out the ways of innovating, improving, um, and doing those things that organizations still need to do rather than sort of slowly eroding them. Um, mm. And I, I'm interested in uh, how now we might call it a sort of longer term view is emerging the sort of security piece is, is playing out um as you as you mentioned just before people are on all kinds of different networks they're having to you know find out different ways of upgrading uh, that dating whether that's software hardware whatever it might be what's your view on the, on the how security is being impacted and, um, and what's needed in order for organizations to, to overcome that now we're into the longer term view. Yeah, I think to take to take the wider security piece first, kind of even just outside of work. I think COVID at the very beginning highlighted some really good aspects of society in general, but then I think ever more so what we are sadly seeing is a real proliferation of malicious actors. Now that's from a uh, personal all the way through to corporate perspective whether that's a kind of a real uptick in time in type in terms of sorry uh, sophistication of phishing activity all the way through to kind of ransomware and and other uh, really kind of uh, malicious and nefarious means of kind of attacking organizations so i think security over the past certainly the last year maybe two has really ramped up, um, up up the order of kind of importance but uh, with, with COVID and like you say those those different environments that they're delivering it to delivering it to it's it's really really important and will continue to be I think cost has always been uh, king but I think security is is certainly fighting for that throne um, at the moment because uh, organizations are now going outside of their traditional environments in terms of how they deliver and, and, and secure. And I, I would say that security is probably the aspect of, of, of our proposition, Chrome Enterprise, that of which we're most comfortable. Um, and it's, it's a conversation that we like to kind of address head on because uh, we've, we've built, we've built Chrome 
in a different way architecturally from from the device through to the management uh, aspect of it and it's in terms of how we're advising gov government I, I don't think we would kind of don't think we'd be so bold as to advise government but we certainly like to have a kind of frank discussion with them um we've got kind of ncsc guidance from a central government kind of tick um if you will credibility perspective but then it's looking at addressing perceptions because i think i think a lot of people potentially have a view on on google and some of the tools and services and believe them to not be more secure and a, a lot of that stems from our kind of immaturity or youth within the enterprise space um, but those per perceptions for the by and large are kind of mis misplaced i would say and it's really a case of us looking to work with kind of organizations to show how and why we've built it and how and where chrome plugs into an existing infrastructure i think the key thing to know is is you don't need to go google to go chrome um, necessarily we'd love you obviously to go google cloud platform and google workspace and all that type of thing but we're also grown-ups and recognize that pretty much every customer within the the government space is a microsoft shop which is great um i would then say that within that environment they can improve on the uh, the security of their endpoint and their kind of end user estate by going chrome chrome enterprise and having devices that are more secure and, and the session that you're going to be taking part with um at the at the conference is around around just that around securing remote workers yeah feedback you're getting from the public sector um i think you, you have a good perspective on it from, from your side what are they saying to you in terms of their their concerns right now is it escalating or is it is it sort of a bit of a burning platform for them that they really need to sort out rapidly what are you hearing yeah I, I guess that in terms of burning platforms I, I think that depends on who you're speaking to um some customers will have uh, organizations will have kind of sweat assets um to the point that they are now on a actually on a burning platform um to which they need to kind of make amends and address it relatively quickly i think more broadly uh, we are seeing customers want a need to kind of not necessarily accelerate but certainly uh, ensure that their security posture is is as it needs to be and that has been kind of highlighted by by this remote work piece because i think i think a lot of customers have unease around what it potentially looks like if people aren't sat within their traditional environment um i know if you call up one of the banks for example they will kind of make you aware that the the contact center agent that you're going to speak to is quite possibly working from home but security kind of is in place and if you look at if you look look at local government they will be uh, wanting or needing to provide and maintain the services that they're providing to their constituents but while someone's working from home so they then obviously need to ensure that the devices and the services that they're providing uh, to their end users are uh, done so to a level that uh, uh, ensures that the others the kind of people in in their constituency uh, are happy with the, the security level and then obviously central government kind of um, frameworks and levels of security that they kind of need to work to are um, ticking the box on that front as well yeah, I mean, 
I was just going to say that the delivery of some of these services, you know, particularly a sort of local level, they're highly sensitive. They're, they're dealing with vulnerable people. You know, people are still have kind of out in the field and so on. Uh, that's what we're hearing. And therefore, the complexity goes beyond the sort of rethinking a conventional desk-based environment, but also that kind of you know, mobile devices, um, storage of data, accessing data when you know, thinking about sort of social services and so on, where they're visiting vulnerable people. It's mm. a hugely complex thing, and I think it's interesting because the feedback we're getting uh, in conversations from all kinds of different parts of the country is is that they have to be on top of this, and therefore that's why I think it's such an important session that we're going to be covering off at the event because any organization is going to be having to take tackle this challenge to, to some degree uh and so it's, it's absolutely vital they get on top of it um mm. but the event itself i mean obviously we're going to have public sector leaders from all over the uk and indeed some you know european perspectives as well what what are you interested in hearing from them and, and learning from them because you know it's, it's a good opportunity to have conversations and sort of have that kind of two-way feedback is there anything you're kind of keen to understand in terms of the conversation yeah I, I think I mean we've worked I, I personally and as a team uh, we've worked into central and local government across across Europe and and, and indeed the US um, with that that being where we've come from um, but with regards to this event kind of being crass if you will what makes them tick um, because each each organisation is different, whether it's local or central government, whether it's NHS trust or associated organisations, or whether it's kind of to your point, it's around end users within a, um, a provision of service. So if, if it's a charity or a, a council that is giving devices or providing services to those most vulnerable within within the kind of geography that they look after, it's what kind of i hate i hate the phrase but what keeps them up at night what what is kind of what is stressing them out and 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 how can we how can we help them what do we as google need need to learn to be given a seat at the table uh, what do we need to do uh, or what do we need to kind of appease in their mind um, to make them kind of acknowledge and kind of think about chrome as a viable product within their organization and then also what 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 do we without being without being arrogant what do we need to educate them on um what are what are they missing or what are the preconceptions around what chrome enterprise is do they know about it do um because uh, uh, quite a lot of events historically um if i've gone to an event and i ask someone if, the, if ask an audience if they know about chrome every hand will go up if you say who knows about Chrome and it's not Chrome browser, most of those hands will go down. So what do we as an organization need to do to kind of educate and articulate our message um, within, to that, within that space? So the ability to kind of engage with leaders from across all of those environments would be really useful for me personally and as an, as an organization. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and in the spirit of sort of providing useful insights and value there's a there's an element of this of the podcast we like to do where uh, our guests kind of share some maybe it's resources or sort of learning resources that they've come across whether it's books or podcasts or you know, 
TED Talks, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, are there any are there any you would sort of recommend to our audience as we build this virtual library of interesting stuff, as it were? Uh, what, what would you recommend people have a look at? Um, yeah, I guess a, a couple of maybe random, maybe not, depending on who the audience is, but. Uh, free economics as a from the from the podcast uh, front in, in particular free economics i think they did a couple of books um years back around everything really um i think way back when it was a, it was an alternative look at the the, the financial impact of um technology and the like but now they they cover everything uh, from interviews through to uh kind of wellness and that type of thing um motley fool is one that i kind of dip into and out of as well and while it is kind of generally investment based it does at least give you a, a decent pulse of kind of what what's up and what's down from a a trend perspective including technology which can be quite useful for for what might be of interest to kind of leaders across the board and then things like um, business leader that uh, it does c-suite interviews essentially that's 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 always interesting i think to, to kind of hear hear leaders views and what they've done within their organization what's what's done well what's what's not done so well and then just i guess on a personal level there's the mindset mentor which kind of gives you a view on maintaining happy and all that kind of thing um, within a professional kind of space uh, tips and tricks on how to get more from yourself and and, and in turn from the business yeah Good stuff. It's a nice, that's a nice little package together, helping you kind of keep abreast of personal, social, technological developments, see what's coming mm. down the line and how it might affect you. So, yeah, we'll, we'll put all those in the, in the show notes so that the viewers and listeners can check those out. But that's a, that's a great set of recommendations. Thank you for that. Um, and I know we, we've got a few minutes left. And before, before we go, there's um, something we'd like to do at the end where what we've noticed is that some of the big concepts that we're tackling in the different streams of the conference are they're kind of big headline topics but actually what we found is that they mean different things to different people um and people's perceptions and interpretations of them can vary and it's interesting to sort of see see how where the joins are in some of those kind of mindsets and, and ways people see them so it's kind of quick fire round. i want to throw some of these topics at you um and okay. interested in your sort of first uh, your kind of gut reaction to what they mean to you a uh, couple of lines will do it doesn't have to be sort of chapter and verse unless you say yeah. but, um, if you're ready I'll, I'll ping some of these at you and we'll see, okay. see what your take is so first one up is transformation uh, transformation is I, I think for me is one of those that varies hugely depending on you're speaking to and I think it's one of those that also appears on kind of video called bingo um, because it's sometimes scoffed at, I think. But for me, fundamentally, it's something that brings about uh, fundamental change in tools and services offered and allows you to drive real kind of improvement or efficient efficiency within whatever that field of transformation is that you're looking to deliver. Great stuff. Uh, service excellence. Uh, that would for me be implementing delivering something that you're proud of whether that's internally or externally it allows you to differentiate um, versus what you or you versus a competitor have and it allows you to either win or retain um, and that can be again internally or externally but 
if it's providing a service to um, a customer, whether that's internal or external, I think it's something that really allows you to um, gain and secure mind space. Good stuff. Uh, and people and teams? They're probably the most important thing for me, I think. I think they need you need to keep them happy you need to keep them engaged if you if you're looking at a transformation process i think it's fundamental to ensure that uh, the teams that you're using to build um something are kind of clearly briefed um incentivized and kind of ready for what you're looking to do but also the teams and people that are going to be impacted i think they need to um be kind of brought brought along um, for whatever it is that you're looking to kind of implement i think certainly from from our perspective if we are working with a net new customer sorry to drop back to my product but if, if you're if you're looking at someone who's uh, bringing chrome enterprise into an organization we see change management as being one of the key aspects um, to what we're doing when actually delivering because if we can proactively communicate, train, kind of build advocacy within the, the people that are going to be kind of receiving impact is however you want to look at it from a service perspective. Then if you can do that kind of ahead of time proactively, you generally see much better adoption and kind of less kind of resistance to change. Great stuff. It's great to hear um, somebody from a huge tech company with that emphasis on on, peop on the people aspect because, you know, as you mm. said, that's, that's where the implementation has to live and breathe so yeah it's great to hear that um a couple more so we have inclusion uh inclusion is uh, it's ever more important right um i think we have to as a person as a team as an organization we need to step back and take a look at our values and ensure that with anything that we are we're doing that we remove barriers hostility, stigma, whatever it might be. Um, I think fundamentally we need to build for all, build for everyone and ensure that tools, services, products, process um, are inclusive of everyone. Um, it's, I think historically it was just a case of let's build it and get it done without taking a wider kind of perspective and seeing the impact that some a tool or service could have had i think inclusion is is really important to ensure that we take away any potential kind of uh, negative impact or hostility uh, to a tool service or just general engagement that we're looking to have um and last couple so government data vast um, i think would probably be the, the the simplest answer there um i think government data is it's it's hugely important um i think it's it it sits within transformation within digitization um and kind of all the pillars that are kind of buzzwords across government at the moment but it's hugely important to ensure that the data that we currently have and have had over decades comes with us um, in, in, into moving forward and ensuring that that coupled with what the, the data that we will have uh, in time is built and implemented in a secure manner that is accessible, right? Um, go back to our mission statement, make, make it in, instantly accessible and all that, that type of thing. Government data is so important for the kind of safe 
and efficient running of a, of a country um, and then down to local level that we need to make sure that it, it, it is there but also accessible and deliverable when required. And last one and sort of related topic, GovTech. Uh, government tech, I think if you look at GovTech, it's sometimes derided, but it's actually um, a very rapidly evolving space. Um, I think it can apply to emerging technologies, whether that's artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain, advanced data, whatever it is, kind of pick, pick some uh, terminology across that space and GovTech fits into one or all depending on, on the project that you're looking at. And it, it is um, obviously uh, changing on a daily basis, GovTech, but even I think you can boil it down to a, a much simpler level and it's, it's actually the implementation of any technology, right? That um, with which you deliver services into, into government and kind of the, the space that, the, that we serve. Stuff. Well, thanks for those. That's some, some really interesting perspectives. And obviously, you, you with this sort of background in a tech company, it's, it's great to hear how you see them and, and, and that focus on kind of end results and their impact in people's mm -hmm. lives as much as the tech themselves. So, so really grateful for you for sharing those. Um, I think it's probably time for we, we let you go. And um, mm -hmm. we've, we've obviously touched on some of the key topics we're going to be talking about at your session when we come to the event. But um, it's great to have started to explore and understand the environment that government, both local and central, are wrestling with right now and how, how you as an organisation can, can A, help them and, and share, share your perspectives and learning. So we're grateful for you for, for taking time to chat to us today. And um, well, thank you for having me. That's, uh, that's absolutely, absolutely pleasure on our side as well. And we're looking forward to hosting you and um, the session on uh, remote working when we get to the event in November. Look forward to it. Thanks, Matt. See you then. Thank you. Thanks again, Matt, for joining us for the conversation. As I mentioned at the beginning, Matt's taking part in one of the most interesting and pertinent sessions that we're holding in the event. Out of office, making success of remote working. It's a challenge everybody's facing right now, so it's great to explore it with different perspectives from technology through to behaviour. As well as Matt joining us on the panel, we have John Van Wetter, who's from the Belgian development agency Enable. And we also have Maria Farris, who's from Essex County Council, an organisation that's made great strides in creating blended hybrid working models that allow their staff to work safely at home and secure. The session runs on the 19th of November at 3pm. And as part of the full three day event, it's free to register. Just follow the link in the show notes below and join hundreds of your colleagues from up and down the UK three days of case studies and learning. That's about it for me for now for this episode and we'll be back soon with another episode of the GovX Show. Bye-bye.